We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to check in with Atlanta United and Atlanta Hawks broadcaster Mike Conti. Slides it forward, a shot, score! Brought to you by the Lindy and Sarah Group, Keller Williams Realty First Atlanta. Morning show with John and Hugh, Thomas Bott in this morning, and Mike Connie fresh from Miami, Florida, tanned and rested, I guess, I hope. Uh, you know, It was raining when we got there, oh, so really? there, there was no tanning. The okay. hotel had a very <laughs> lovely pool that I wanted to lounge by for uh-huh. a couple hours, but it, it rained all afternoon on Saturday, unfortunately. <sighs> How frustrating is this? I watched the Atlanta United game, and United controlling the action, controlling the pace of play, to take a shot, I mean, they, they were the far better team on the pitch, and they yeah. still lose. That's soccer, and unfortunately, you know, Atlanta United has been on the wrong end of a lot of those lately where they outplay their opponent and lose. There have also been instances where Atlanta United hasn't played well and won. So, you know, the soccer gods tend to even that out at times. Uh, but it is frustrating. I don't think that it's manifesting into, like, outward overt frustration uh, by players on the team, which is a good thing. I don't think they should panic because the performances have gotten better week over week over week. The problem is, and this was a problem last year and a problem in 2020, unfortunately, Atlanta United, just right now, they are not good enough to overcome an individual mistake here or there. You know, the Campana goal uh, in the first half yesterday, George Campbell loses the flight of the ball on a cross. The uh, Bryce Duke goal in the second half, kind of a team breakdown in the midfield. Campbell gets caught out. And again, unfortunately, Atlanta United is just not good enough to overcome those moments of mistakes. I mean, they absolutely, for 88 minutes and 30 seconds, outplayed Inter-Miami yesterday, but they just are not good enough right now to overcome that. And that, that I think, is the frustrating part because you look at all the injuries they've had, uh, the lack of time, unfortunately, that some of their their big-name players like Aruju and Joseph Martinez have been able to play because of injuries, and this is where they are right now. But I do think, I really do think they are trending in the right direction. Excuse me, right direction. What have you seen from Emerson Heidman coming off the bench as they kind of bring him back from injury? Very little. Um, he just hasn't played a whole lot yet. Played very little against Chattanooga, played very little yesterday. So, uh too early, I think, to evaluate that. I did think the midfield played very well yesterday. I thought the Atlanta midfield dominated the match. That was Santiago Sosa, who I thought was really just absolutely outstanding. Mike Honey, the play-by-play voice of Atlanta United to the Hawks. In a second, one final little United note here as they uh, get back home uh, and uh, get ready to go back on the road now uh, to, to Montreal. Uh, Dom Dwyer gets two goals in the U.S. Open Cup. Cisneros scores against Inter. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with a striker by committee? It might have to be right now, but you've gotten three goals from the striker position in the last two competitions, which is a good sign. Dwyer had not played a full 90 minutes since, I think it was October of 2019. It was before the pandemic, believe it or not. It had been a long time since Dwyer had played a full 90 minutes. So I think there was an expectation that maybe there'd be just a little bit of soreness with that leg coming off the Chattanooga match, and that's why they dropped Dwyer and played Cisneros on um, Sunday. But, yeah, I mean, I think right now 
Dwyer gives you a similar profile to Joseph. Cisneros gives you a, a completely different profile. And some of it, as a result, John, might be matchup dependent. So when you say striker by committee, you're, you're absolutely correct. It might be just matchup dependent right now, and Jackson Conway might be in that mix as well. Let's go over to the uh, the, the Hawks. I'm very curious your not, not, not overall thoughts on last night because we're all frustrated. It's embarrassing to watch. They got obliterated. What's the hardest part, though? Is it Trey struggling the entire series? Is it is it getting no help in terms of outside shooting? What what frustrated you the most about last night? Well, I think Trey may have gotten hurt. I don't know if that's something you guys have discussed yet mm. on the show this morning. There was an incident kind of mid to late first quarter. Remember Trey kind of rolled out of his shoe a little bit? Yeah, and, he got, got uh, stepped on. Yeah. He got stepped on, kind of rolled out of his shoe. And, look, Trey is such a competitor. I mean, you're, you're never going to take him out of the game unless the guy can't walk. There was a complete difference, though, in Trey's, um, uh, I guess, usage in the game uh, after that occurred, where he was a lot more passive, didn't shoot a lot, didn't drive a lot. And I know this was asked of Nate McMillan after the game, and he said that Trey said nothing about his foot, but I believe that. I don't think Trey would say anything about Mm -hmm. his foot. I think he wants to play. That's one of the frustrating aspects of, of what happened yesterday because that's, again, kind of a basketball accident that you can't control. I do give Capella a lot of credit for trying to play so soon after a hyperextension of his knee, but I think it looked like he wasn't really yeah. 100% of, of who he was. So it's tough. It's like Atlanta United. I mean, some of these things you can't control right now. Um, you know, the story of the series, really, and the only time we saw Atlanta counterpunch was in Game 3 where Miami tried to set a physical tone and Atlanta United pushed back in Game 3. I love seeing that. I don't think we saw that quite as much last night. But, you know, Miami's the one seed for a reason yeah. and, and the Hawks are the eighth seed for a reason. So, you know, you don't want to capitulate. I'm not saying that. But, um, you know... It kind of is what it is a little bit. I mean, Miami, unfortunately, this year, they've been a healthier, deeper team than the Atlanta Hawks. And last night, you know, Kyle Lowry goes out, Gabe Vincent goes right in. No problem. The Heat don't lose a beat with a different point guard. The Hawks, unfortunately, have just not been able to um, cope with the injuries in the same way that the Miami Heat have been able to this year. Well, there's that. And then there's just a genuine lack of performance from certain players we're not living up to it. I, Kevin Herter is not performing. Four wide open threes. Yeah, I mean, you're paid to knock those down, Mike. He knocks those down, and you're, you're probably building yeah. a 15-point lead. Yeah, and I know you're talking about voiding his contract and firing all these guys, which, right. which you can't do, John. Darn. Um, you know, I, I don't really – I don't think that's very productive analysis, to be completely frank. Uh, look, have, Kevin Herter's struggling in this series. I think the Miami Heat defensively – not, I'm not addressing the missed open threes. You're right, that did occur. But I think in general, the Miami Heat defensively this series have been the superior team. You know, they're denying Trey the ball. They're denying Trey the opportunity to pass out of double teams, and they're contesting a lot of shots. So a lot of it has to do with the Miami Heat. The story of the year for the Hawks, John, I do agree. Uh, you do have some players who have not performed at the same level that they played at last year. You have to evaluate why, but you can't blow up the team. It's not possible with the contractual situations that you have with these players to say, oh, Trey stays, everyone else goes. That's not possible. Well, of course it's not possible. I mean, but the, the, the point of it is nobody beyond Trey is safe. I mean, if you get a call and you have an opportunity 
with uh, matching contracts or expiring contracts to move some of these guys to improve the team. You do whatever is necessary well, sure. in the offseason. You're going to do everything you possibly of can. To, I mean, that's the point. To improve the team. You'll, but... listen to, you'll listen to a phone call about everybody betraying. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yes. I mean, I think anytime you get a phone call, you listen. That's the job of the general manager. Uh, I think you kind of ruin your leverage as the general manager when you say everyone's on the trading block. Everyone must oh, go. Well, he's not saying that. I am. Okay. I'm just a knob of the radio who's mad yeah, and upset. No, I'm not. Look, I know you're upset, and I get why. And and look, unfortunately, when you make an Eastern Conference final, the expectations for the following year go up dramatically. And the Hawks are one game away from not meeting that expectation, one loss away. That's very disappointing. There will be time to evaluate in the offseason why that happened. Um there will be changes, no doubt about it, but I do think the Hawks are pretty confident that they still have enough pieces to build around here. Do you want to get a complimentary piece to Trey who can also give you 30 points a game? Yeah, I think they would absolutely love to do that, and that might come at a very, very heavy price, but I don't think this team gets erased outside of Trey Young and you completely rebuild because I honestly don't think they're that far away. You know, that's what you do when you're the Detroit Pistons and you're in the lottery for the fifth straight year and you have one star player and everything else must go. I think the Hawks are a little bit closer than that. It was a disappointing season. There were moments in this season that the Hawks clearly did not perform to their capability, but the Hawks also were made to play through a ridiculous COVID outbreak over Christmas where they went 3-5. and five. They go 5-3 and three over that stretch. They're probably the 6 or the 7 seed right now. They're maybe not even in the play-in round. Um, they still won 43 games in spite of the COVID and the injuries and everything like that. So, to me, that tells me they're they're not, like, that far away. They they were disappointing this year, but they weren't that far away. Is there a player? Like, you, you obviously, they can't blow it up. They're not going to trade for LeBron James or insert superstar here. But do you have, like, a certain type of player if we're going to make one or two minor moves that you would really be interested in? Yeah, well, and, and you know, now I'm going to sound like John for a second. I, I don't know if a minor move is going to get you there. It might okay. have to be a major move. Okay. Uh, as So you look at what you have coming back. You can't move Capella until December of next year because of the way that they did his contract. So you're not going to go out and look for, like, a center. Right. Right. Um, Trey, obviously, I mean, I'm with John. I mean, he's he's completely safe. So what do you do? I mean, do you try to find another wing who can get you consistently, you know, 20 to 25 points per game? If they don't think Bogdanovich and Herter are that type of player, then maybe that's what you go out and do. Um, you know, Trey obviously has a good pick-and-roll thing going with Collins and Capella. You're going to have to evaluate that. I just, you know, you want a guy who can get you a bucket when you need it outside of Trey. So when they're double-teaming Trey, it almost takes away the ability then to double-team Trey. Like if it's Trey and a second 25-point-per-game player in the backcourt, you can't defend against Trey right. and defend against the Atlanta Hawks the same way. But to get a player like that comes at a really, really heavy price, and then you might be sacrificing something in your front court, something on your bench, maybe a young player who you still think has a very high ceiling that, that might not you know, be there quite yet. But I think these are better questions for after this series. I don't think this series is over. I really don't. Um, you know, Miami had one big run yesterday. 
The Hawks, I thought, outplayed them on Friday. And really on Tuesday, the Hawks had a really good chance in Miami up until the final three minutes when they, they I, you know, I don't know what happened, if they ran out of gas or, it, you know, whatever it was. So I don't think this series is quite over yet. If the Hawks go down to Miami and win tomorrow, pressure's back on the Heat because now the Heat have to come up here right. and win on the road or you're going to a Game 7 where anything can happen. This is similar to the Sixers series, right? I'm trying to like remember back to whenever. No, I think the Hawks were. Yeah, I think the Hawks were ahead that entire series. Okay. It, actually, in reverse, Thomas, because the Hawks won in Philly to go up three two. Right, that's Philly what won okay. on the road in Game Six, and then the Hawks got that's in Game right. Seven up that's there. Right. Okay. Yeah, going to be uh, interesting to see if they've got uh, anything left in the tank. They showed me nothing last night. I was really disappointed in that performance. Uh, the there was just no spark. There was no. Nobody picked up anybody, and, you know, it was just I, – I, I sit here just kind of really dumbfounded about, you know, kind of the lack of uh, intensity that they showed in the game. I know they didn't shoot well, but there wasn't really much anything else. I think Clint's doing everything he can, and it's pretty obvious he's limited. And so – Yeah, um, I mean, he's playing on one leg. Yeah, I, I mean, and Trey I mean, might I thought be he playing did actually on one pretty foot. well, yeah. considering, you know – And Collins is clearly playing on one foot. I mean, you saw him miss a dunk on Friday that you never see him miss. Yeah. So the, the, the spring is not there right now. Thank you, Mike. Do okay, it. see you guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.